Good morning, everyone. I am Naya Swami Maria, and with me is Naya Swami Ananta, and we're delighted to be with you here today for this Sunday service in the Temple of Light at Ananda Village. A hearty welcome to all of you who are viewing online. Thank you for joining us. And <clears throat> I'd like to read uh, The Rays of the One Light. This will be our topic for the service today. These are weekly commentaries uh, written by Swami Kriyananda based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. So this week's reading is, Do You Need a Guru? Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Many people scoff at the idea of having a guru. True to human nature generally, they make a virtue of their scoffing. I am responsible for what I do, they announce. Responsible for my mistakes as well as for my virtues. My victories. <laughs> Probably virtues too. <laughs> okay. What would I ever learn if I handed over my development to someone else? To depend on another for guidance would be an act of spiritual cowardice. It would be understandable for someone gifted with some trivial ability, for instance with words, to insist on doing his crossword puzzle himself without letting anyone else help him. But supposing, even in such trivial matters, he had no such gift. What virtue would there be in refusing to learn? For that matter, moreover, where do gifts come from? They are not a native ability. Still, crossword puzzles are hardly an important challenge. What if a person wanted to do something daring, to climb a cliff, for instance, but refused to study the art of mountain climbing. He would climb at the risk of his life. And how much more is risked than physical life in the great adventure of the divine search, where the risk is to salvation itself? Where is the sacrifice in seeking guidance? Even a mountain guide wouldn't presume to do one's climbing for one. His purpose would be only to help the neophyte to climb safely. To have a wise guru is not a sign of weakness, but of plain common sense. All the saints aware as they are of the hazards of the adventure, agree on the importance of having a guide or guru. And these are the heroes speaking, not cowards or spiritual weaklings. 
Jesus emphasized the importance of having a teacher by asking John to baptize him. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 3, we read of his coming to John. Thus Jesus said to John, It becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. In the Bhagavad Gita, the fourth chapter, Sri Krishna says, Open thyself to those who have attained wisdom. They will be thy teachers. Ask questions of them, both verbally and mentally. Serve them faithfully and with devotion. How is the devotee to recognize one who has attained wisdom? The Bhagavad Gita gives us in this inspiring description of the gives us this inspiring description of the sage. By this sign is he known, being of equal grace to comrades, friends, chance comers, strangers, lovers, enemies, aliens, and kinsmen loving all alike, evil or good. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Good morning to those here and those in cyberspace. Uh, I, I guess I don't have a favorite topic because all weeks are equal, but uh, talking about the guru is definitely uh, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but let us uh, hear what Yogananda has to say uh, in the Whispers from Eternity. Yogananda wrote, my guru, Thou light of my life, thou camest to spread wisdom's glow over the path of my soul. Centuries of darkness dissolve before the shafts of thy luminous help. As a naughty baby, I cried for my divi mother divine, and she came to me as my guru, Swami Sri Yukteswar. At that meeting, O oh my guru, a spark flew from thee, and the faggots of my God craving gathered through incarnations, smoldered and blazed into bliss. All my questions have been answered with thy flaming golden touch. Eternal, ever-present satisfaction has come to me through thy glory. My guru, thou voice of God, I found thee in response to my soul cries. Slumbers of sorrow are gone, and I am awake in bliss. If all the gods are displeased, yet thou art pleased, I am safe in the fortress of thy ple pleasure. If all the gods protect me behind the parapet of their blessings, yet I receive not thy benedictions, I am an orphan 
left to pine spiritually in the ruins of thy displeasure, O Guru. Thou didst bring me out of the bottomless pit of darkness into the paradise of peace. Our souls met after years of waiting. They trembled with an omnipresent thrill. We met here because we had met before. Together we will fly to his shores where we will smash our planes of finitude forever and vanish into infinite life. I bow to thee as the spoken voice of silent God. I bow to thee as the divine door which leads to the temple of salvation. I bow to thee, to thy master, Lahiri Moshai, harbinger of yoga in Benares, and I lay the flowers of my devotion at the feet of Babaji, our supreme master. There's a, a minor dilemma that we have when we are talking about do I need a guru since the members of Ananda village uh, and members of the Sangha are all have a guru, uh, a really good guru. And uh, so I'd like to talk just about a couple of aspects of the guru. Uh, the subject is infinite. We don't have infinite time. We're going to condense it uh, and hit the high points. Um, the guru, I'd like to just, uh, refer to two aspects of the guru. One is that, as in the reading, Swami Kriyananda pointed out that we need a guide because we need clarity. We need specific individual guidance as to how to realize the self. And Swami Kriyananda used to uh, point out that Aristotle's definition of God as the cosmic ground of being was more than a little fuzzy and open to too much uh, misinterpretation, misunderstanding. I think that uh, we need to understand that the guru means dispeller of darkness. The, there is an active force in the world of duality, in the world that we live, in the physical universe, uh, that is referred to as maya, or the measurer, and it is actively trying to keep us from self-realization. It is actively the opposite of the guru. The guru is the dispeller of darkness, Maya is the enforcer of darkness, the uh, elaborator of darkness, the dedicated intelligent force trying to keep us away from the realization that we are a part of all that is, that we are part of God. And that's why you can't just go to YouTube and watch a video on self-realization and have it down. Uh, the maya is an active force. It's trying to confuse us. It's trying to draw us. When Maria read this quote from the reading, why would I need a guru? This is the ego speaking. And it's a, yeah, why would you need someone to show you? You, you could just figure it out. You could just Google it uh, and it'll work. It, it doesn't work that way because maya is incredibly 
gifted with intelligence and ways to confuse us. And it's dedicated to that, that's its purpose, is to keep this delusion going. All uh, souls are seeking the guru in some form. But through delusion, some people think that unkindness or being uh, a general in a, a dharmic war or being a president or a um, billionaire or a movie star or a fill in the blanks. There's infinite numbers of opportunities where people think they're going to find infinite bliss, supreme joy. The fact is that the one force that is leading humanity and all disembodied souls towards the light is the guru. So there's two aspects to the guru. There is that soul who takes incarnation, who comes to this earth enlightened and draws souls through their teachings, through their life, through their example, to self-realization. And those are the gurus. And Master, in, in this uh, reading, talks about his lineage, his guru, Sri Teshwar, Sri Teshwar's guru, Lahiri Morshai, uh, Lahiri Morshai's guru, Babaji. But there are many gurus. There will continue to be gurus. Uh, Devi quoted the Bhagavad Gita whenever uh, virtue declines, I incarnate and take human form. Uh, the Buddha, Christ, um, back through time, ancient men and women take human form for the upliftment. Those are gurus. But the true guru is greater than that. Those are channels for a universal direction of energy that is divine love. We just had a beautiful song this morning. Words by Jesus Christ, he who clothes the fields. Uh, music by Swami Kriyananda, we're two for two. They sing it perfectly, we're three for three. We're on a roll here. What was the fourth element that made that such a beautiful song? It was the guru singing through the singer's devotion. That's what made it work perfectly. It would have been really good up to that point, but there was another element. The grace of Christ, the grace of Master, the grace of Babaji, the grace of the Masters, and the devotion of the disciples that bring that heartfelt energy that bring the song its perfection. It is the guru that is pervading the universe, that is moving the universe towards light. It is maya that is moving it, pulling it away. Do we need a guru? Yes, I think Swami established that. How much guru do we need? Short answer, more. More, more, more. More attunement. Realize that everything in the universe that is beautiful is the guru. Everything that is wisdom is the guru. Everything that is kindness, beauty, grace, loving and constructive power, Wisdom, light, sound is the guru. It is universal. The men and women who play that role, your guru, is specifically attuned to lifting the veil that's between you 
and the light. The reality of it is, is that you are a part of the guru. You know, in the Festival of Light, we say, you are a part of all that is. There's a little note that needs to be clarified there. You are the part of all that really is. All that really is is God. You're not a part of the evil and the darkness and the violence and the grossness. You are a part of all that really is. And what really is, is light, om, the power of God, truth, kindness, beauty. That is what you're a part of, and that's the guru. So to have more guru, how are we gonna have more guru in our life? Well, everything that master taught, everything that your guru taught, and if, I'm, if I seem to be uh, favoring Yogananda over all the other gurus, and you're a Buddhist watching this online, substitute the word Buddha for Yogananda, and we're gonna be good here. But do the sadhana that the guru gave you. Do the mantra, do the practices, the guru is specifically sent to you by God, and by the way, only because you have earned it, only because you've aligned yourself with truth, does the darkness not interest you, or only interest you a little, or vaguely interest you once in a while, and as you move towards discipleship, as you move closer to the guru, the darkness has no effect on you because you're closer to the guru, you're closer to the light. Yogananda, in the poem Samadhi, describes th these are veils of light and shade. This is the mirage of the senses, the dim sensory mirage. That's the world that the guru lives in. And he sees, he understands the movie, she understands the movie. They understand that there's maya, and there's this attempt, and that a little part of us thinks, oh, that might feel good. That might work, I might need that. But if it's not, if it's Maya, then it's not gonna end in light. And it's a little sidetrack. And we learn from it, and our guru shows us. And the guru is always omnipresent, everlasting, infinite. Therefore, being rational beings, if the guru is omnipresent, is the guru here? Yes. Is the guru with us? Yes. Why don't we tune into it? We need more guru consciousness. We need to follow closely to the guru. And we each have our own little delusions. And the guru understands it. <laughs> you remember the quote from Master? I know every thought you're thinking. Thoughts of all men past, present, and to come. Wow. Wow. And yet, no judgment, no, oh, you stupid disciple, why'd you do that? He knows why you did it. It looked like a good idea at the time. He understands Maya because he's above Maya. But what does the guru see? Love, kindness, beauty. And so in the world, the guru sees love, kindness, beauty. And he sees the veil. We have the new path, we have Swami Kriyananda's step-by-step -step description of being a young disciple, coming to the guru, not getting things, and the guru very, like a mother, just, no, dear. No, don't do, don't do that. Here, try this. How does that feel? Is this better? And Master helping Kriyananda to be closer. 
Where's Kriyananda end up? At the end of his life, he said it out loud. I don't know where Yogananda ends and Kriyananda begins. This has become a very different movie. I realize these veils are gone. Each one of us is in that same position and should have that same goal. I don't know where Ananta ends and Yogananda begins. It's all over. This idea that your little ego and your starring role in the movie is important. <laughs> this is a 12 billion year old planet and you've got like 60 or 80 to play. <laughs> You're not a major player. <laughs> the guru is infinite. Your ego is not infinite. So what do we need to do? We need more guru. We need to think of the guru so that we can tune in to the guru so that we can become the guru. That's the goal, is just dissolve yourself. Dissolve the ego and live as Master did, as a tiny bubble of laughter that had become the sea of mirth itself. Can we do that? Oh yeah, you can do it. How do we do it? Practice. Do your sadhana. Meditate. Meditate as Yogananda taught us. Practice the Hong Sa technique. I am he. I am spirit. Oh, I'm not the ego? No, no, no. You're not the ego at all. You're spirit. Master said you could practice Hong Sa two hours a day and become a master. Good, good. Everything that we do at Ananda is done for the guru and by the guru for our merging with the guru. We have a, well, now she's left the body, Ophelia Sanchez, my friend, uh, our friend. She was the mother of uh, Irene, and she was here. She was an older lady, older body. She fell, and she really hurt her leg. She was really in pain, and she was just grimacing in pain, and... Uh, we sat her down, and she just, she just couldn't uh, deal with the pain. It was so gross, so overwhelming. So Paramahansa Yogananda came to her. Her daughter is a Kriyabon. Two of her daughters are Kriyabons. Ophelia wasn't a Kriyabon, but she was a great lover of Christ, and a wonderful uh, mother to us all. Paramahansa Yogananda materialized there, in her room. He put his hands on her knee, and she said she could feel the pain just dissolved entirely. And she was, of course, just stunned. Uh, and she looked at Yogananda and said, do you come here often? He's at Ananda village. And Master looked at her a little incredulously and said, I'm here all the time. Well, if he's here all the time, we should be aware of that, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we be thinking of that? Is your guru is always with you. The way to be with the guru is to think of the guru. Think of the lotus feet of the guru. Think of the guru's consciousness. And think of all the qualities and gifts that you've had in your life. Where did they get the ability to sing like that? God gave them that. 
And they have that particular ability. I don't have that particular ability, so I'll, I'll let them sing. But it's the guru through them. It's the guru that's given you intelligence. It's the guru that's given you the impulse to watch this Sunday service and come to this service instead of watching a road race or something. There's a lot of things you can do, but you chose the guru. Why? Because you are a part of the guru. The soul remembers the guru. The soul remembers that this is the way, this is the only way, this is the only source of light in the universe is the guru. It is God through the guru. The guru is part of God. So you have the refinement to follow that. And that's a great blessing. I bow to you. I bow to all truth seekers in all walks of life. And I bow to those who are seeking self-improvement because they're not ready for the guru yet. But they are knowledgeable enough to know there's something else. There's a place of fulfillment and peace, and I don't have it yet. And I'm gonna try this diet and this psychological exercise. I'm gonna watch Dr. Phil, I'm gonna, whatever it is. It's directional. But to be on the level where you recognize the beauty and the grace of the guru is a very high, high state. You're almost there, more. Go faster, go deeper, spend more time in that consciousness and animate every part of your life with the consciousness of the guru. I, I work at this terrible factory, it's really boring. Sorry, no. I'm serving the guru at this rather dull factory, but I will animate it with the love and the excitement of God by chanting this mantra. I will make these children, my beautiful teenage children, my opportunity for the next eight years. Bring master into every part of your life, any part of it. And this is something that all of us that have been disciples for our whole lives can still improve on. This is something that Kriyananda was working on at the very end of his life, body life, is I could, I could be more in tune. Oh if I could just have every thought that Master thought. That's where Kriyananda was. And I never saw that he didn't, but he, he knows better than I. From the time I met Swamiji, he was always in tune with the guru and you could always feel the consciousness of the guru. It's important for the disciples to feel the love of the guru all the time. When you get discouraged, remind yourself of how much God loves you. That was a quote that Swami Kriyananda used to love as the Kure Dar. If you knew how much God loves you, you would die for joy. That's a good one. He repeated it often so that we would listen and act on it and consider it. Master's grace is with you. If you look back at your life, if you don't see it already, you will when you've been a disciple longer, because I can see it in my life all the way back to being a little teeny kid, is that Master was helping me. Just move towards light and away from darkness. Move towards love and away from hatred. Move away from revenge, move towards forgiveness. Move towards the light, kindness, beauty, truth. Feel the Guru's grace and recognize that whether we would make liberation in this life, eh, it's about 50-50, except 
if we had the grace of the Guru. And if you have the grace of the Guru, if you have the grace of the Buddha, if you have the grace of Christ in your life, you will move towards freedom. You will attain that. We see that in the lives of all of the disciples of all the great masters. St. Francis lived, was it 1,300 years after his guru left? And uh, wow, um, he raised the dead. He had the stigmata. He shone light. He reformed the church. And he passed away, I think, at the age of 33, like his guru, attunement. Uh, we, on the other hand, can have a long life. But the important thing is not how long or how short it is. It's how deep we go into the guru's consciousness. When you meditate, try to feel that you are the guru meditating. Try to feel that Yogananda is meditating through you. Whatever the metaphor works, and this is totally individual, but we have so many suggestions. Yogananda said, you could practice 1% of my teachings and still find self-realization. He totally overdosed us. And Kriyananda, too. I mean, he writes 140 books. He writes music. I, I don't know how many meditation techniques he gave us, but it seemed to me that every time we meditated with him, he had a new idea because we're all individual. And we all have a different veil that's preventing us from realizing that we are a part of the guru. But that love of the guru is the key. Call on that and feel that love. Feel Yogananda with you all the time. Don't wait until it's the car crash. That's, I mean, that's good when it's the car crash calling the guru, but don't wait till it's the car crash. Wait. It's time to meditate. Let's do kriyas with that love of God. Let's feel master's love. Feel the initiation of the guru. Feel the first time you were initiated. If you're practicing Hong Sa and you don't have Kriya, feel that Yogananda gave you Hong Sa. I am spirit. Feel that he gave you the energization exercises to draw energy into the body. Feel his love. Feel his guidance. And see it reflected in your brothers and sisters. I see it in all of you. I see so much beauty, so much light. Beautiful singers singing beautiful songs. That's the world I'm living in right now. But I know there's pandemic, there are wars, there's all sorts of stuff. Still, behind that, Master saw that too. Think of the times he lived in. It wasn't pretty, it wasn't beautiful, it wasn't a wonderful period of time. There was lots of Maya. But he looked at the light. Look at the light. Don't Hold your consciousness at any point in this panorama of the world that isn't imbued with at least a spark of divinity, a spark of the Divine Mother. And that sometimes is the overwhelming forces of darkness against one man. Paramahansa Yogananda said of Gandhi, India will be free in my lifetime without the use of violence. Paramahansa Yogananda gave Mahatma Gandhi initiation into Kriya in 1936 at Warda. Twelve years later, India was liberated through the work of that one Kriya bond, Gandhi. No one knows it. No one talks about Yogananda giving Gandhi Kriya, and that's how India was freed. 
but I can tell you, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> the master doesn't want the world to think that he, Paramahansa Yogananda, was different than you, little man on the street, working in a cubicle, meaningless to the world, not meaningless to the guru. Live in the guru, feel that you are the guru, feel the guru's love coming through you. When you greet people, when you help people, when you serve, feel that you are the guru, a channel for the guru. That's what built this temple, that's what built this community, that's what's gonna save the world, is the love of the guru. Right now, it looks like the world's winning, we're gonna win in the end. God bless you all. Ooh. Mm-hmm.